Welcome to Fiscal One-on-One. This Iowa Legislative Services Agency audio program consists of interviews conducted by the Fiscal Services Division staff. Each brief conversational interview features an expert answering questions concerning a fiscal topic of interest within an Iowa State agency. On August 4, 2014, Beth Lenstra, Senior Legislative Analyst for the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency, interviewed Delbert Longley, Chief Jail Inspector for the State of Iowa. Delbert is an employee of the State Department of Corrections. They discussed Delbert's career, the differences between a state prison, county jail, and temporary holding facilities, as well as the jail inspection process, procedures, and administrative rules. Hello, my name is Beth Lenstra, Senior Legislative Analyst of the Fiscal Services Division of the Legislative Services Agency. Today I will be talking with Delbert Longley, Chief Jail Inspector for the State of Iowa. Hello Delbert and thank you for coming in today. Good morning Beth, it's good to be here. When did you first start working in jails or corrections? I first started in corrections as a reserve officer with the Sheridan Police Department and about the same time I began as a CO at the South Iowa Area Juvenile Detention Service Agency in Sheraton in 1990. So you were a correctional officer inside of a juvenile detention facility? Yes. Can you tell the audience the difference between what a prison and a jail is? Sure. A jail typically is for those that are not sentenced, that are charged. It is a relatively short-term incarceration of one year or less. It can be more than one year depending upon what the charges are, what the circumstances are around that. If they're asking for a change of venue, if they're asking for continuances, then it can go beyond that one year. Typically those that are convicted are not held in county jail. However, there's exceptions to that. For example, if they've had an OWI conviction, they may have 30 or 60 days that they have to serve. That is typically served in the county jails rather than going to the prisons unless they've had multiple charges and multiple offenses. The prison system is a long term. It can be up to life. It is for those that have got more serious convictions. It is for those that may need some rehabilitation. It is for those that may need some training. Batters Education, for example, is a program. They can go to work in the prisons at doing various different jobs as job training. And that's something that the jails typically do not get involved with. They just aren't there long enough for them to get involved with a program like that. Currently, you're serving as a chief jail inspector for the state. How did you get from working as a correctional officer in a juvenile detention center <laughs> to being the chief jail inspector for the state? Well, I've had several jobs in between. After the, being a CO in juvenile detention, I went to work for the police department in a local town. And from there, I was elected sheriff, which I served as sheriff for a little over 10 years of Lucas County and before coming to the Department of Corrections uh, about eight years ago. Okay. I didn't realize you had been a sheriff, so you're an actually elected official. Yes, I am. I was. So what's a typical day like for you as the chief jail inspector, if there is such a thing as a <laughs> typical day? A typical day, I'm going to answer in two parts. First off, if I work in the office, I prepare reports. I get jail inspections scheduled. I correspond with the sheriffs, the jail administrators, Department of Corrections uh, administrative uh, staff. I work real close with the Iowa State Sheriff's and Deputies Association, the Chief of Police Association, Iowa Law Enforcement Academy, and I just do a lot of administrative things when I'm in the office. Part two of that equation is actually when I'm out doing inspections. I get a lot of windshield time, a lot of travel time, 
And then when I am actually at the facility that I am inspecting, I review the documentation, the records of what they have. I take a tour of the facility. I look around, see what may create a problem, what may be there that I can address with the jails administration and say, what about this? What about doing something else that might make them more secure? make a more professional operation, and so far I think we've been pretty successful with that. So that's a quite a workload and a variety of things that you do. So are you the only jail inspector for the state of Iowa? I am the only one. So how many jails are there, county jails? County jails, there's actually 96 full-service jails. And when I say full-service jail, that is a jail that actually holds for more than 24 hours. That can be those that will be utilized for up to that year time frame, maybe just a little bit lo- longer than that. The other part of that is temporary holding facilities. Temporary holding facilities typically hold for 24 hours or less until uh, from the time that they have been arrested until they have seen a judge or uh, appear before a judge or post bond for those situations that they may have a bond pre-scheduled that they could get out on that way. How many temporary holding facilities? We have 13 in the state of Iowa. Two of those temporary holding facilities are actually operated by sheriff's offices. Okay. And there's one county in the state that does not have a jail or a holding facility. Which one's that? Sac County, North North, Central. North Central Iowa. So there's different standards for a short-term temporary holding facility to meet as compared to a county jail to meet. That's correct. They are very similar, but they do have some differences. Do you also inspect the residential facilities and community-based corrections? No, I do not. That is done by self-auditing through the states. The CBCs also can have some assistance from the federal folks, but typically it's self-auditing. And what about the state prisons? Do you inspect those? No, I do not. The state prisons are, here again, is self-auditing, and that is headed up by assistant deputy directors and our safety director. So you actually touched on that the inspection process does there's anything else you'd like to elaborate on what you do when you get to a jail and how you proceed on an inspection? When I do the walkthrough, I do talk to the prisoners. I try to get a feel for what they may be seeing. Sometimes I get some good information from that. I rely on my own senses much more than I do what they're being stating in a lot of cases. That doesn't mean I don't take it uh, seriously at the same time. It can be quite a learning experience of what goes on in a jail from talking to them. And uh, I find it quite interesting that some of them are very good artists. They can do some tremendous artwork. They're incredible talented people. Yes, they are. What accreditation standards do you use to develop the rules that the counties have to follow with their jails. Iowa jail standards is what actually governs the county jails and the temporary holding facilities. And when we look at making changes or something to the standards, we use best practices. We use past case law. Okay. The Sheriff's Association and I meet on a monthly basis. And as needed, I'll visit with the Chief of Police Association. And when we meet with the Sheriff's Association and we talk about jail standards, we also try to get ISAC involved with that, their legal counsel. And they do a lot of research for us that tells us, well, this would be a constitutional fix to a problem. Or... We don't want to go there because case law says that this probably is not going to be a best practices for us. And it gives a lot of guidance that way. So do you use like standards from American Correctional Association, U.S. Department of Justice? Typically, we do not use them. We may review them to see what they do, but we develop our own standards. Okay. County jails and temporary holding facilities do have to meet 
local building codes, fire safety codes. Yes. Yes. So those would also be in your administrative rule and part of your inspection? There's a, a portion of the jail standards that states that they are to meet those criteria. It doesn't lay it out in detail. What are the most common types of issues you find when you do an inspection? The, the two things that I find more than anything else is uh, documentation or the lack thereof from that point. And the other thing is uh, sometimes cleanliness can be an issue. Unfortunately, the, when some people are arrested, they are not... Real. They're intoxicated. They're intoxicated and that type of thing. And that's a constant battle for the local jails to make sure that they do have a clean facility, especially in the intake areas. So when you say documentation, do you mean like arrival and departure dates? Yes, I look at several things for documentation. I look at hourly jail checks. It's mandatory that the jail staff does at least a one-hour check. A less than that is much better. And, of course, if they're intoxicated or if they're on suicide watch, then it's 15 minutes. And I want to see that documentation. That that has been done according to the way the standards are laid out. Exercise, they are to give, be offered two one-hour sessions per calendar week. I want to make sure that they are at least offering that. If the prisoner refuses, that's, that's fine. I don't care about that, but I want to make sure that they're at least being offered to get out an opportunity to get out of their cell and get some exercise. I look at medication logs. If they're on medication, I want to know that they're being given that medication according to the way it's prescribed. And that's some of the things I look at for documentation. So they may actually be doing their one-hour checks of the, of the visual checks of the cells, but not really documenting it very e well. Exactly, and I address that. How have county jails, since you first began auditing or inspecting them, how have they changed since then? It's kind of interesting to see the changes over the years. When I first started into the law enforcement correction field, we still had a lot of linear type jails. We had a lot of the Mayberry mindset. Okay, uh, everybody was still the good old boy type thing. And that has really evolved and has changed until now that most jails are modular design. There's uh, direct and indirect supervision with that. The direct supervision is where staff members are actually stationed in the pod with the prisoners. and be one staff member to 64 prisoners, for example, or up to that. These facilities are typically some of the best managed and best operated because they're there, they deal with the problems right now that may occur. They're typically the quietest, the most efficiently run facilities. Unfortunately, you need to be a relatively large facility in order to justify building that type of a... Yeah, because that's basically a mini-prison. Basically pods, it is, yes. You get into living units and, and yes. direct yes. supervision, yes. That's, that's more of a mini-prison than it is what most people would visualize as a county jail with a row of cells and bars. Right, right. It definitely is. And, and the smaller facilities are doing an indirect supervision. In the last 15, 20 years, there's been a lot of new jails built in the state of Iowa. They typically will build them in a kind of a horseshoe design mm -hmm. until they can have a control center in the middle of that and staff members can be in that and actually have a visual contact with them. So that's the newer modular design. Which is actually safer for everybody. Safer for everybody, yes. Mm -hmm. How many inspections do you do in a year? 109. Wow. That's a lot of road uh, windshield time. Yes, it is. You have responsibility for developing and implementing administrative rules for the jails. You've touched on how you develop those and propose those and work with the sheriffs and deputies and the chief of police. 
Is there anything else you would like to add to that process? We're very open to any suggestions that we have from administrators, from the sheriffs, from jail staff. In fact, some of the changes that we've made has been because jail staff says we would like to see. And we take that very seriously. I take that back to the Sheriff's Association. I said, here is a suggestion that has been put out here on the table. And we will discuss that very in depth. And we've made changes because of jail staff. They're the ones that's out there working it. They know what is going to work, what doesn't work better than I do by coming in. I'm just an extra set of eyes for them. During your career, what was the toughest job you ever held and why? Well, I think I'd be a sheriff. And the reason for that being it's an elected position. And the sheriff's office is, is quite a little bit different than other law enforcement agencies. And not to be downplaying any of the other agencies, but the sheriff's offices deal with the jail, they deal with civil, they deal with traffic, they deal with criminal. So there's all of that that has to be in, in play with that. Besides that, the sheriff is elected position. It's very political. And to balance those things out can be quite challenging <laughs> to make sure that everybody, their needs are being met. It just can be difficult sometimes to take care of each one of those aspects as a, a political position. My knowledge of local government and budgets is limited, but the sheriff holds or operates the jail and is responsible yes. for that budget, yes. but he answers to the county board of supervisors who actually yes. set that budget yes. and may not appropriate at the local level what the sheriff deems necessary to run a jail. I've seen that in my years of, yes. of service, and that gets pretty, very political very quickly. It does. It's very political. What has been your greatest accomplishment? I think one of the things that we've accomplished more than anything is when I first started with the Department of Corrections, we were still using everything paper. And we have streamlined it until we were virtually paperless. And even our monthly jail stat reports that the Sheriff's Office reports to us is paperless. According to jail standards, if they have a major incident in the jail, they are to report that to me within 24 hours. This is all done now via web-based reporting system and they don't have to call me, they don't have to send me paperwork, it's all done on the computer with that. My inspection reports now are all paperless and I think that has made us more effective, more efficient. I know that it saves me a lot of time and I know that it saves the jail staff a lot of time from having to prepare all these reports. It can all be done very quickly. And I think that's just really kind of meets with some of our responsibilities is to be effective and efficient, mm -hmm. and that's what we've done with it. And what do you think your legacy will be? Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> I really hope that when I look back, I can say, and the people that uh, work with can say, we really strive to make things safer for the staff members, for the uh, prisoners, and for the public. That's the business we're in, it's public safety, and we need to enhance that as much as we possibly can. Thank you for coming in today and thank you for your years of public service. Well, thank you. I appreciate the opportunity. Thank you.